there's a message that I have on my heart. I'm going to uh, ask you to turn to James chapter 3. My name is Rod, one of the pastors here. And uh, what we're going to talk about is wisdom. Wisdom. Anybody in the house could use a little wisdom during the pandemic, the chaotic times we live, trying to figure out life. We're going to talk about wisdom. So if you have your Bibles, you can grab them. The scriptures are on the screens here also. We're going to hang out in James chapter 3 this morning. So uh, the title of the message is this, Wisdom, anyone, anybody out there need some wisdom. And if you're new to church, we love that you're here. Uh, you're going to get to see today what it's like to have God's wisdom in your life. So James chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, I'm going to read through verse 17. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven, but is earthly and unspiritual and actually demonic. But where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you're going to find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning. I pray that you would stir us up in our affections uh, for you. I pray that you would speak to us. You'd open the eyes of our understanding. And Lord, that we would be able to grasp and to embrace what you have for us in the area of wisdom. So we commit this morning to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we're going to do this morning, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to talk about wisdom. And I'm going to talk about worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. I'm going to talk about uh, wisdom that can make your life miserable, a wisdom that can actually help your life and give you a good life. Your best life is found on the other side of God's wisdom. But by a show of hands, how many people can really like use a little bit of wisdom? Maybe in your parenting, maybe in your marriage, maybe in the workplace, maybe in your relationships. But I think the reality is, is that we all need wisdom. So what I want to remind us of is who this was written to. Because this was written to people just like us who were scattered geographically, emotionally, uh, physically, relationally. They were scattered and they needed wisdom to figure out their lives in the midst of a scattered existence. So what they did then when they were scattered is that they needed wisdom. But they didn't need just any kind of wisdom. They actually needed God's wisdom. And so they needed wisdom so they could be better and be better at life. I mean, how many people want to be better at life? God's wisdom will help you to be better at life. So James begins by asking a question. If you can imagine that he was here this morning, would ask us the same question. And he says this in verse 13. Who is, like I'm trying to find out by a show of hands, wise and understanding among you? So James would say, hey, it's not enough that you would raise your hand about wisdom because you have to actually show it by your life. It doesn't matter what you believe. Actually, it doesn't even matter your theology here. It matters really what your life shows. You have to prove it, he says, by how you live. The original language, it means wisdom is skill for living. It's just not just knowledge, but skill for living. So I could certainly use some skill for living in the chaotic time that we live. And have you ever felt like we needed wisdom more than we actually needed now? 
So what I want to encourage you is that wisdom will change your life. Wisdom will make you better at life. So you say, well, how then do I get wisdom? Like, where do I begin? Begins this way. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, says Christ is actually the very wisdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it says uh, that God may give you a spirit of wisdom through our Lord Jesus Christ. So wisdom actually comes by beginning a relationship with him. How many people know you need wisdom for your marriage, for your homes, for your parenting, maybe for money, you're going to go off to college, you're a student. All of us really need wisdom. Now a question is wisdom gained by education. Can you go to school and get education? Can you, can you buy wisdom? Is there any way to get it? See, education is important, but it can't be taught. Education is important, but uh, it can be bought, but not, you can't gain wisdom. Wisdom, then, really is a gift from God. As you get older, you really don't get more wise. As you have more experience, you don't really get more wise. God's Word, actually, will make you more wise. In Proverbs, you can read those. Those will make you wise. So James said in James chapter 1, we begin this, he said, if anyone lacks wisdom, and the inference was, yeah, like we all lack wisdom, beginning with the speaker, we all lack wisdom. And so then, how do we... Lead Like, how do I lead? We had a pandemic. Like, I don't know how to lead a church in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, there's no guidebook for it. There's not a 1999 previous pandemic that we can refer to. How do you parent during a pandemic? How do you do school during a pandemic? I mean, how do you live? So all of us need wisdom. Well, you can Google knowledge, but you have to go to God if you want wisdom. You can Google anything and get knowledge, but you can only go to God, actually, if you need wisdom. So knowledge then is learned, but wisdom is given. If anyone lacks wisdom, James 1.5, let him, let her go to God, and God will give them wisdom. So uh, if we have wisdom, then we can make wise choices. We have wisdom, uh, we can make wise decisions for our lives. So he says in verse 13, let them show it by their good life, that is wisdom, by their deeds done in humility, that comes from wisdom. Now notice this, that true wisdom, what it does is produces humility. If you're cocksure and full of yourself, well, then you're not full of wisdom. Because what wisdom will do is wisdom will cause you to be a humble person. You recognize actually how much you don't know. So if you're wise, he's saying, the wise actually walk in the wisdom that they say that they have. James says, it'll show by your lifestyle. So you can't say that you're wise and act like a moron. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't act like you're, you, you know, you got it together and act like a moron is what he's saying here. Pretty straightforward stuff. Now look at verse 14. And what he's going to do is he's going to contrast the wisdom that you are pumped to have every day by the media, by the culture. You're pumped. You're at saturation point. You can hear about that wisdom. Then you're going to hear about the wisdom God's going to give you, wants to give you. You're going to be hear about wisdom that will make your life miserable, wisdom that will wreck your life. Then you're going to hear plain and simple, straight up, how you can have an awesome life by having God's wisdom. Verse 14. But if you harbor, watch, two things. Bitter envy, and number two, selfish ambition in your hearts, you're in for trouble. He's saying that, look, if you think you have wisdom and you live with those things, you don't have a clue. See, James' message is, look, if those things are in your heart, 
Just be real. Acknowledge that, that. But God needs to heal you of that. If you have bitter envy in your life, you got a selfish, self-consumed, all-about-me, all-the-time ambition, you need God to touch your life. If you're living that kind of life, what he's saying is you don't have wisdom. So this is how to wreck your life 101A and 101B. How to wreck your life. Number one, how to wreck your life is bitter envy. That's where you say, I don't have what you have. I want what you have. It's a selfish desire to possess the things that are not ours. And it's actually more than that. There's bitterness. There's anger tied into it. And uh, and to some degree, we really all have that. And then he talks about, continuing, this bitter envy that can be so damaging to your life, can sort of spread and it's like malignant and just gets into every part of your life, sort of like cancerous. And he says that this can affect everything within you. And then he goes on to say the other thing that can wreck your life is selfish ambition. Think about this. Tell me if this isn't true. The more your life is about you, the more your human life is going to be miserable. The more you make it about you, the more miserable you're going to be. Let me, let me, let me show you. Do you want a miserable marriage? Just make it all about you all the time. You want, you want miserable relationships? Just make them all about you. Do you want a strained, if not fractured, relationship with your children? Make it about you. If you, want, if you want to be despised in the workplace, just make it about you all the time. That's what he's talking about here, the selfishness ambition. So, all right, there's more things about you that you can be miserable about if you live this way. But when you reach a point where you realize, you know, it's not about me. I can be freed up to serve. I can be freed up to love. I can be freed up actually to enter into the story of other people. It's not about me. What a great place to be. What a great place to be and to live there. For example, when you're there, when it's not all about you and someone, some moron cuts you off in traffic, you're not flying off into a rage and going off on them. It's like, okay, they're being a moron, but it's really not about me. So he says here, such wisdom does not come down from heaven. This is wisdom that is worldly, wisdom really that will wreck your life. The wisdom of the world wrecks your life. He says this, such false wisdom. Well, what is that? What is this false wisdom? This would be the kind of false wisdom he's talking about where I say, you know, there's no like real, like right way to live. It's just however I want to live. And we get that pumped into us that how can this be wrong? Like it feels so right. There is a way that seems right unto man, the Bible says, but the end thereof is death. Who's going to tell you the truth? So false wisdom is rooted in selfish ambition. And then that's all there is. Like, like you are your own God. You determine your own faith. So James now what he does is like he puts us in an MRI. And it's going to be a, a little uncomfortable, maybe a little unpainful. But now he's going to define this wisdom. It's sort of like here's the anatomy of worldly wisdom. There's three things he's going to talk to us about the anatomy of worldly wisdom. Continuing in verse 14, he says, look, he says, this wisdom is secular. This wisdom is sensual. And actually, it's satanic. I mean, it's got its origins in, in, in what is dark. So false wisdom, it is, some of the scriptures read, is earthly. It means only considers the here and now. 
like no consider, no filter of beyond here and now in the decisions that you make and how you spend your money, how you live your life. All it's about is just me all the time, right now, earthly, earthbound wisdom. That's how the, you're told to live. So you make decisions. All your decisions are just made on the here and the now. As if all God wants from me, he just wants to make me happy. And do you even know what would make you happy except in the moment? I mean, think about that. How many times you, had a, you want to pursue a relationship and you thought that relationship, that was going to be it. She was it. He was it. And how many times have you sworn this one thing is going to make you so happy only to get that one thing and to find out, hey, it didn't make me happy after all. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just leaving me up here all by myself. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Come on. So say, for example, your children. Anybody's had children? And so you had your children, and they want a thousand things a day that will make them happy for a moment, but not beyond the moment. I had three boys. I know what I'm talking about. So you're at the movies, and my kids, they want popcorn. Then the next thing I know, they want nachos. Then they want cotton candy. Then they want a snow cone. Then they want M&Ms. Then they want milk duds, and I take the milk duds away from them because I like milk duds. And so, but before you know it, before you know it, they're like, they're, they're, they want all these things that are going to make them happy. And you know, later on that night, they're probably going to be throwing up all the things they thought were going to make them happy. So my point is this, my point is this, drive in church, drive in church. My point is this, my point is this, tent church and online church. My point is this, aren't we a little bit the same? Aren't you a little bit of saying that you think like going to make you happy? See, this is what he's talking about. And it gets fueled then by worldly witnesses. Yeah, that's right. You, you need that. You should have that. Everything you want, whenever you want. And so there's some relationship you thought that you were going to make you happy and you prayed about it and God didn't answer your prayer. And aren't you happy for unanswered prayer that you didn't get what you wanted? So he says here, the wisdom of the world is first of all, earthbound. It's earthbound. Then he goes on to say, that secondly, it's unspiritual. In other words, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just godless. It's just out there. It's just sensual. And so he's saying that there's no spiritual influence. It's unspiritual. There's no like influence of God's spirit upon your life. You're just living it according to your, your senses. And then he says this. Finally, false wisdom is demonic. It's not divine in origin. It's, it's, it's demonic in origin. Worldly wisdom, then, uh, is a wisdom that the, the darkness wants you to embrace. False wisdom is fueled by lies, really. Lies about God and lies about how life should be lived. That's kind of the source there that it's demonic because uh, the, the demons, you know, what they do is they lie to you about who God is and how you should, should live. So they want you to think that, like, you're the center of the universe. And you have a posture like, God, I know you govern the whole universe, but I think that I got a better opinion and more wisdom to you, and I think I've got this. I've got this one. And so worldly wisdom, then, it focuses on you. And so verse 16 says this. It's crazy. It says, for where there's envy and selfish ambition, you're going to find disorder and every evil practice. Now, envy speaks again of bitter jealousy, but also he talks about every evil practice. That's just like fill in the blank. 
Whatever you can think of, fill in the blank. Whatever perversion you can think of, whatever wickedness, whatever the, the world feeds, just fill that in. And then he says, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, what it does is it leads to disorder. Anybody here feel like your life is in a bit of disorder? Well, this is what is packed into this word in the original language. It actually means disturbance, like anarchy, upheaval, unstable, like confusion, like out of control, like just chaos. He's saying, look, this is how the enemy wants to work in your life. Where there is unchecked selfish ambition and unchecked bitter envy, this is the end. So this is where the wisdom of the world will take you. You'll be miserable and it'll wreck your life. Anybody want to sign up for that? Everybody's ready to sign up. Okay, so finally now we're to the part of the message I really want to talk about, and that is what God can do for you, and the, the life that God can give you, and the kind of person that you can be when you walk in God's wisdom. So this is in verse 17. It says this, But the wisdom now that comes, by contrast, not below, but the wisdom that comes from above, that is heaven, is first of all pure, six things, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. So godly wisdom is going to come by looking up. Godly wisdom is going to come when you go vertical. Godly wisdom is not going to come by everything that you see on this horizontal plane. We're going to go through and we're going to define six things that God says you can have in your life. If you're not sure if you want to be a Christ follower, you can look at these and say, well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind having that one, and that one sounds good. So James now closes with the works of true wisdom, the evidence of true wisdom. And look at what he starts with here. How many of you would think that this is what he would start with? He says, but first of all, it's pure. He doesn't try to put it somewhere else, but he begins with it and says, look, I ought to talk about something. This has to be first. You've got to build this into your life. It says, do you have a heart that you've allowed God to, to work in your heart? You've allowed God to do his redemptive work and purify your heart. Jesus said this. He said, blessed, you want to be happy? It means happy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they're going to see God. Now, pure doesn't mean like we're perfect or Pure doesn't mean like we don't have struggles or issues. That's not what it's talking about. Purity that he's talking about here is an attitude that says, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't really like being this way. I don't like what I see in my life. I don't like the way I'm treating people. I don't like the way I'm treating my, my husband or my wife or my friends. God, could you do a work inside me? Romans puts it this way in Romans 12, 9, that we're to hate what is evil and to cling to what is good. See, God works in your life. Uh, he has, he does, does something within you that you begin to, to love what is good. So here's the question. Like, what does it look like? What does it look like that you have a life that is pure? When you think about, for example, gold, okay? I'm going to take this gold mask. Imagine this was pure gold. and uh, It was a casting. This is gold. The only way that you get to this end is it has to be purified, can't have contaminations in it. If you have contaminations in it, you can't actually do a casting. 
it'll, it'll distort the casting because the impurities wreck the casting. That is the casting of gold. And so, uh, so impurities wreck that. And what James is saying is like, we can live with subtle things in our lives. We don't even know that they're there, but they're there. And so if you don't realize that wisdom brings, brings a, 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 pure, a desire for your purity, your life can just be wrecked with the little things that you let into your life. So, like you think about pure water, like Fiji water. Who, who loves like fancy Fiji water? Well, it's just pure Fiji waters, you know, from the springs of Fiji. And what it means is all the contamination has been taken out of it. That's what it means. So when he's talking about purity, it means that God's doing a work of taking out the contaminations out of your life. So what is, what, what's contaminating me? I wonder, many of us here this morning, perhaps you go to church, perhaps you're here for the first time, maybe you're, you're, you love God, maybe you don't, maybe you're going to heaven, but we can have a little something going on on the side. A little contamination here, a little contamination there, and I wonder if it's worth asking the question, if we're going to be able to handle the crazy world that we live in and beyond, if we ever ask this question, Am I unwise in the things, the impure things that I'm allowing into my life? Am I being unwise? Is there something in my life that I'm being unwise by allowing that into my life? I think we need to grapple with these things. I think that we need to wrestle a little bit with the question, God, should I be watching this? Now, the Holy Spirit is one that convicts us and all that. And he's great. So this is not like some guy trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just posing the question that should we ever ask God, should I be like doing this? God, should I be like engaged in this? Should I be listening to this? Should I be going down the road and that relationship or that what I'm taking into my life? Is that wise is what James is asking us. And I think the reality is this. I think the reality is this, is that we can just get desensitized. You know what I'm talking about? You just get desensitized where after a while, it's like it doesn't even, doesn't even affect you. So it reminds me of a story of a mom who didn't like the things that her, her, her kid was watching. Uh, and so she says to him, hey, I, I have to, I'm having trouble with the movies, the stuff, you know, your friends are watching. And, and he's arguing the point. Mom, it's just a little bit, just a little bit. And it's not going to hurt me. Can I just have a little bit? She says, all right, just go ahead and just have a little bit more of, of what you love. And hey, I'm going to make you some brownies. It's like, oh, good. You know, so his friends watch the movie, make the brownies, true story. Starts whipping up the brownies and all. And, you know, the family pets out there, Ginger, and taking care of business. And she's thinking about it. And she's had it with them. And she thinks, you know, I, just a little bit. Just a little ginger, just a little bit, takes a little bit of ginger, it's a true story, a little bit of that, puts it in the brownies, starts to mix it up a little bit there. You can hardly notice it. Who's going to notice? And it's in the batter, kept stirring. She bakes those puppies and then brings them to the, to the kids to enjoy just a little bit. And he, he's like, Mom, what are you doing? She says, hey, it's just a little bit. Just like you saying, you know, how many people know that just a little bit goes a long way? Come on, somebody. Uh, how do you even know that, that wisdom chooses purity over poop? Does over impurity, right? Chooses. So this is what he's saying. Like wisdom, you can see why he says, first of all, first of all, 
You have to, you have to, wisdom from above, okay, is pure. The Bible says in James 4, look, you let a life that's out there. It says, draw near to God and God will come close to you. So he's willing to reconnect. God's willing to reconnect with you, willing to reconcile with you. But then it goes on to say, okay, but draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. But there's something you got to do. Wash your hands and look, think about your heart. Purify your heart. So again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, this question here that are you bringing things in your life that just is not wise? Because wisdom, first of all, is pure. Secondly, it says this. The wise, they love peace. Some of your Bibles say peace loving. So wisdom, think about it. He's saying loves peace. Doesn't love contention. Doesn't love to argue. Doesn't love to fight. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, fools love to pick fights. So I think sometimes the whole arguing, contention in culture today, it's sort of like a sport. You know what I'm talking about? Sort of like a sport. And so people, you ever you and you look online and social media and all, somebody just makes like an innocent little comment. I posted, someone posted actually a picture for me that I caught some fish. And then I say, what are you doing, man? Like, oh, we just, so we took the picture off, like, social media because we, we killed a fish. So people got lit up about that. But, anyway, but what I'm saying is that people, they could be so not at peace, so opposite of what this is talking about. God's wisdom then really will have a way of just working uh, you to have a desire for peace. And so... Uh, I think amidst all the chaos out there in 2021, we need to love peace. So I think we need to rethink, if we're not peace-loving, what that would look like in your life. Say, well, I'm all about conflict resolution. Well, I'm all about conflict resolution too, but sometimes it's not even possible to resolve it. Sometimes it's wiser to have like a revolution inside you where you're saying, God, perhaps you need to change me. Uh, perhaps uh, conflict can't continue without my participation in it. Sometimes you need to be to love peace. So I'm telling you that wisdom knows when not to engage, when not to pick a fight, when not to argue. Foolishness just is green light all the time. Number three, it says the wisdom that's from above considers it or is reasonable. Well, what does that mean? That it's considerate. Well, to be considerate is to consider it, to be reasonable that perhaps you don't know everything. Some people don't even know what they don't know. It's to make an attempt to understand. It's a dangerous person doesn't know what they think that they know. And so when you're considerate and you're reasonable, you would be like this. You'd be like, oh, okay, hmm, I, I never actually thought about it that way. Let me think about it. And let me be considerate by considering it. See, the wise person is not so dogmatic. And how many people think we could use a little bit of this consideration in our marriages, in our relationships, in our homes, in our churches? Number four, the wisdom from above, it says it's submissive. The original word means this. It means to yield. Think about that. It's not wise never to yield. 
It's not wise always to hold your ground, never to give in, always, you know, cocksure about yourself. Says that's not wise. See, a wise person will say, hey, wait a minute, maybe you are right. Perhaps that is the best way to do it. So I think it's very important for people in positions of leadership and authority, I think for maybe a dad or mother, an employer, uh, to, to, to realize this, maybe you're not always right. Maybe you need to submit, maybe a parent to the wisdom, maybe your, your, your child has something that you need to listen to, like they're right. And so Proverbs says this in Proverbs 12, says that fools think that their own way, always right. But the wise, what do they do? They listen to others. They will yield to others. Have you ever watched a debate on TV, for example, where they're, they're expressing opposing views and like they're into it and they're, they, they get so worked up about it that the anchor has to say, okay, that's enough. We're done. And so that's no more. Well, they like never agree. They never give in. They never yield. They're never submissive. But it doesn't happen on the news. It doesn't happen on DC. But maybe it can happen in you. Maybe it can happen in me. Maybe it can happen in us because we recognize that wisdom is first of all pure, but also submissive. Number five says the wise are full of mercy. Full of mercy. James said in 117, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, here it is, full of mercy and good fruit. 317. So here's how I think we need to think about this. Is that being full of mercy means this, like God's full of mercy. Does God rub things in that you've done wrong? Or does God forgive you and rub them out? What does he do? He's not always rubbing them in. But see, I think we have this gear within us. I don't know about you, but, but I had a moment of honesty and reflecting on this. And I said, Rod, that, that's you. Like, you got this gear inside you where you know how to rub it in. I felt like God said to me, like, that needs to stop. That needs to stop inside of me so that I recognize that, that I've done this. This very thing he's talking about, that rub it in. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you, I'm looking at you uh, online or in your cars, you've got your PhD in knowing how to rub it in. Can we be honest? If it, was a, if it was a spiritual gift, you would have the spiritual gift of just knowing how to rub it in. Come on, somebody. Come on. And so you know it's true. So you just stare at me like it's not true. You're staring at me like, but I know it's true. And so the wise watch. The wise don't rub it in. The wise rub it out. The wise let it go. To rub it in is unwise. Think about it. It's hurtful when you do that. It's damaging when you do that. And it's ungodly when you do that. And how, do, how am I defining rub it in? I'm defining rub it in as where you got, you know, things are not, things are tense. You're talking to somebody and you got the old zinger and you can just let it rip. And it's like, there you go. You have got no, you got no comeback for that one. And you just rub it in and you've done it before. And, you, and it's just sort of special times where you just need to throw that zinger in there. And so you just let it rip. And so you rub it in. And they've heard it before, but just rub it in. And you rub it. The Bible says, you know, that's unwise. It's unwise to do that. To be wise is to be full of mercy. So when in doubt, you forgive them. So I love this question. What do I need to stop bringing up? That wisdom is on the other side 
of I'm not going to keep bringing that up. Wisdom from above, friends, full of mercy. And the last one is this we need to grapple with today of uh, besides what are we rubbing in, what do we need to stop bringing up, is this. It says, wisdom from above is sincere. It means literally authentic. It means in the original language not to be a hypocrite. So he ends with these two words, impartial and sincere. It means a hypocrite in the original uh, culture and day was to be an actor in a Greek theater. So what they would do is they'd have multiple masks for multiple parts they would have to play. Maybe there's two actors and they have to play seven parts. Well, they had to have seven masks. So what he's saying, don't miss this because it's important, saying that the Bible is saying this. Essentially, the wise person drops their masks. How interesting that we live in this mask world right now. And I understand that we need, we got to wear masks this afternoon. When you go to Target, you got to put your mask on. And some of us hate doing that. We're tired of masks. Well, James is talking about another kind of mask. James is talking about a mask where he's saying, you know what? You people, you hide behind masks. And wise people don't do that. Who would have ever made the connection that wisdom is found in not wearing a mask? Think about it. You have conflict with somebody and you put on, you put on, you put on the happy mask because you don't like conflict. I got the happy mask on. And you live in the, hey, I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, good. Everything's good. Yeah. But the reality is you, you, don't, you don't feel like that. The reality is you feel like this. Like you have it in for them, but you, you feel like this. You got your happy mask on. The Bible says, well, that's not wise. It's not wise to do that. She can't be wise and hide at the same time. And so I can, so again, to be wise is to be authentic. This is what it looks like. Rather than I'm wearing the mask like I know it all, I take the mask off and I say, hey, um, can you help me with this? Because I, really, I don't really know how to, I don't know. Maybe with your kids, acting like Relatia, you got it all together. And the reality is you don't, you know you don't. But you got to have that front. You got you to show that. Everybody's going to think you're together. But see, wisdom is this. Wisdom is to say, I'm smiling like I, like I have it all together. But here's the truth. I don't. It's wisdom. Wisdom is, hey, I, 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 uh, just come to me and the wisdom and knowledge will flow. But, but real wisdom is, yeah, I don't have all the answers and I need help. I need help. See, first of all, wisdom is pure, but also wisdom, wisdom is sincere. Wisdom, friends, takes off the masks. I wonder, I wonder who wants to be wise. Who in a moment of truth, wants to be willing to wear, take off the mask because we all have them, beginning with the speaker this morning. 
the reality is we can live the rest of our lives, the rest of our lives, the rest of your days, wearing masks, or you can be wise. Say, God, help me. Help me to start taking off the masks. So let's pray. And Father, thank you. Father, I'm praying your blessing over every person here that you will give them wisdom as they would come asking. And Father, I pray that your words would, the power of your words, by the power of the Holy Spirit would transform us. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts to begin with a pure heart. What am I doing that is unwise? And Father, that you'd cause us to yield, cause us to be full of mercy, not full of retaliation. Father, to be considerate, peace-loving, pure, authentic. I pray, God, that you would do what only you can do. These are just words on a page of a supernatural book. But Lord, I pray that you would take them and throw a match on them, cause them to burn in our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.